Show. Sure. 
Come today to worship you, to open our hearts to you, and to declare that we love you and our desire is to follow you. Thank you for being with us as we worship today. And we ask that you would bless our worship in such a way that it would bring glory to you and would draw us closer to you and to one another. And we ask this through Jesus. Amen. Share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. I just want to draw your attention to a couple things in the bulletin. Um, this is the beginning of Holy Week, so we have some special activities. Uh, we will not be having our regular Wednesday activities. There's a service Thursday evening at 7, Monday, Thursday. If you've never been a part of this service, 
I encourage you to come. It is uh, has used a lot of symbol. Uh, we spend time uh, just thinking about the uh, the last hours of Jesus' life, and uh, I think that it prepares us for the celebration Sunday morning. And we begin Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter. We begin seven forty-five with the service of singing and celebration and baptism. And if you would uh, like to be baptized next Sunday, let me know uh, right away today or tomorrow. And we'll be having a a class uh, in the middle of this week to prepare for that. So uh, please uh, let me know if if you're interested in being baptized and you see the schedule uh, for the week's activities. And then next Sunday we have a breakfast. And the youth group is putting on the breakfast for us. Uh, we are uh, part of a fundraising event for them. And uh, they are, there are some uh, some information in the bulletin about ways you can help by donating some items. And uh, you see the, the insert. You can turn that in a little later in the service or hand it to one of the pastors. And uh, we also want to uh, then have, wor- then we have worship service at 10 o'clock next Sunday as we come together for one gathering for a celebration of Easter. There are other things in the bulletin. I encourage you to take a look at those. Uh, help with the nursery, uh, the uh, youth groups doing a 40, 30-hour famine, and uh, other activities that are taking place in the life of the church. We'd ask the ushers to come now and to assist us as we give our tithes and offerings. Judge and our defense. 
As we uh, prepare to pray together, if you'd like to use the altar rail as a place where you offer your prayers, please come and join me. Otherwise, please be seated. Gracious Father, we thank you for all of your blessings to us. We thank you for the many ways in which you reveal yourself, your power, your compassion, your truth, your love. And we come today to worship you and give you thanks. Father, we know the the needs that we have in our lives. And we bring them to you again today. We pray that you will bring comfort to every grieving heart. We pray that you will bring healing to all who are struggling with various issues that come to us in this fallen world, with our fragile bodies, experiences. We pray especially today for Beulah Avery and Jill Tyson, for Vesta Mullen and Bruce Brenneman, for Bev Rett, Micah Christensen, for Linda Roth, Dick Gould, Tim Nichols, Isla Shea, for Edna Howard, Crystal Blake, Emily Crickler, and for the many others that are on our hearts and minds today. Father, we continue to pray for our world, asking for your healing grace among all who are struggling with the Ebola virus and the various diseases and difficulties in so many places of the world. We pray, Father, that you would bring peace where it seems as though the norm is violence and war. And Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters who continue every day to live with threats and persecution opposition. Lord, we pray that in the midst of these difficult circumstances, you would give to our brothers and our sisters hope and strength and comfort and peace. May their witness of faithfulness inspire us in our lives. Father, we pray that you will continue to give us a passion, a love for your people, this world, and for you. We pray, Father, that you will continue to lead us and guide us in your truth. And as we move into this this very special week of the church, we pray that you will stir our hearts anew for what you have done in Christ Jesus. We pray that you will give us grace to be able to engage once again with the suffering and the death, the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name we offer our prayers. And the one, remember the the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture is from Mark 14, 32-42. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Mark 14, 32-42. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is the word of the Lord. I see the King of glory coming on the clouds with fire. The whole earth shakes, the whole earth shakes. I see His love and mercy washing over all.
Please be seated. concept of prayer is shrouded in mystery. It's one of those things that we, we, we come sometimes to a place where we feel like we're just getting a handle on it. And then something new comes to us and it feels like we don't know anything at all about prayer. We, we feel like we have come to some conclusions and then we read something, we talk to someone, we, we give more thought to it, and, and it feels like we haven't figured a thing out about it. I, I suspect that it's, this is probably one of the reasons why uh, when I did a, a search on Amazon just for the word prayer to see what's available, there's like 368,000 hits that come from that. And that encompasses, you know, prayer from all different kinds of religious traditions. But it just speaks to the, the, the attempt that we're making to try to understand this concept that is mysterious. And one of the questions that arises when we think about prayer is this idea of when have you prayed enough? When, when do you stop praying? How long do you pray about the same thing? What do we do with this whole idea about praying as repetition? As I think about that, of course, our, our minds go to what Jesus teaches in Matthew 6. In the Sermon on the Mount where he's talking about uh, fasting and giving and praying. And he says to the disciples, you know, don't keep on babbling like the pagans because they think they'll be heard because of their many words. And that, that word that this translation translates babbling is vain repetitions is another way of putting that. It is this idea of saying the same words over and over again. And it carries with it this context that, that we can manipulate words in such a way that they will manipulate God. It almost becomes, the words become almost an incantation. If we can say the right words in just the right way and just the right order, then God will do what we want him to do. And the words become magic. And this was the mindset of most of the the nations around Israel. But at the heart of that kind of idea is this sense that, that God doesn't really want to do good for people. And so we have to trick him. We have to manipulate him. We have to beg him. We have to badger him. We have to manipulate and control God because at his heart, he really isn't looking out for our best interests. And Jesus says... That's not how we do prayer. That's not how my followers think about praying. What intrigues me, then, as we come to this scene in the garden, is the same Jesus who says, don't keep on babbling, don't keep on with your vain repetitions, comes to the garden And Mark tells us, he makes a point of telling us that for an hour, at least, Jesus prays the same prayer over and over and over again. Mark says here that Jesus goes, he leaves the disciples, and he goes to pray. And after a little while, he comes back, and they've fallen asleep. And he says that he says to Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing and the flesh and the body is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. 
And then he comes back to them. They're sleeping again. They have the whole conversation all over again. And he goes back and he prays the same thing. And in my mind, I'm trying to reconcile this idea of vain repetitions with the example of Jesus who keeps coming back and praying the same thing. Jesus doesn't seem to be afraid of that. It doesn't seem to be a problem for him to come back and to pray the same thing over and over and over again. And the more I ponder that, the more sense that makes to me. And again, in Matthew, Jesus is is saying to them, don't think that your words can manipulate God. Here, Jesus is saying, there are so many moments in life where we need to pray the same thing. It's important to pray the same thing. It's right to pray the same thing. You stop and think about it. The things that are important to us, we do over and over and over again. It's important for us to eat, so we do it regularly. It's important for us to sleep, so we do it regularly. It's important to us to, to have good relationships with people, and so we spend time with each other over and over again. And the reality is, if things are important to us, we're going to pray about them. And we're going to pray about them more than just one time. There are people who will tell us, if you have faith about something, you pray once and you're done. You put it aside. And to pray about it a second time, much less a tenth time or a hundredth time or a thousandth time, is a lack of faith. And yes, sometimes it is a lack of faith. But most of the time... It is simply a matter of bringing to God things that are important to us. Now, there are the moments when God says, okay, you've prayed about that one enough. You need to stop. Let that go. There are very few examples of that, though, in the scriptures. One of them is with Moses. Uh, Moses, uh, you know, has led the people of Israel out of Egypt. They are... On the brink of going into the land of Canaan. They've been waiting 40 years. And Moses, earlier Moses had this experience where uh, he disobeyed God about the water coming from the rock. And scholars argue about exactly what happened. But the bottom line is he didn't do what God wanted him to do. And the result of that is God said, you're not going to be going into the promised land. You're going to get my people right up to the river, but you're not going in. And now as Deuteronomy begins, Moses is praying again, Lord, would you change your mind? I mean, could I just go in for a day or two? I'd just really like to see this thing that you've promised us. And in chapter 3, God says to him, look, I've already told you what's going to happen here. No more. Don't pray about this anymore. Don't bring this to me anymore. This is done. But that is a rare occurrence in Scripture. Most of the time, we hear Paul saying, pray without ceasing, pray continuously, keep on praying. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And if things are important to us, we want to bring them to God. And it doesn't matter how many times we've brought them to God. If they're important to us, we bring them to him. Because we bring to God the things that are important to us. Every so often people will ask me about the names that are in the bulletin that we pray for. And some of those people we've been praying for a long time. A number of years. And we wonder, you know, should we take them out? Do we keep praying for them? Yeah, we keep praying for them. Because it's important to keep praying for them. They still have a need. And I don't know why God hasn't responded the way we would like for him to, but that's up to him. Our responsibility is to pray because the people we're praying for are important to us. And the circumstances in our lives that are important to us, we keep praying about it. And maybe with some of these people in the bulletin, one of the reasons we keep praying for them is is it will open our hearts about God nudging us to do some other things along with praying to encourage them. Maybe we send them a note. Maybe we go for a visit. Maybe we make them a meal. 
Maybe a part of our praying for them is just to let them know they're remembered and to encourage them. And the things that are important to us, we keep praying about and we should. And to stop is to imply that it's no longer important. I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus is concerned about the disciples sleeping while he's praying. Because they're sleeping instead of praying, they are extremely susceptible to the temptation of the evil one. Jesus says to them, watch and pray because temptation is coming. And one of the reasons that we need to continue to pray about the circumstances and the issues of life is because we are so susceptible to temptation. And to stop praying for, the, for our concerns, to stop praying about our weaknesses, to stop praying about those things that we just can't seem to get over is to imply that maybe now we've reached a point where we can handle it. We've become strong enough that we can deal with this. But the very act of praying about it over and over and over again is simply saying, God, I'm not strong enough to handle this. I'm helpless. That's why I keep coming back to you. And I recognize how susceptible I am to giving in to this temptation of going the wrong way, of not being who you want me to be. And I want to keep bringing this before you. Because I need to be reminded that I am helpless without you. There's a parable that Jesus tells in Luke 11 about a friend who uh, needs some bread at night because he's had someone come to visit. And he goes to a neighbor and he pounds on his door and it says, Jesus says that he, he finally gets up because of what's often translated persistence. But it, it, it really, that, that word at its core means helplessness. And it's because the person is so helpless that he will come and help him. And there's something about that in our praying that we are coming to God and saying, I'm helpless. And I will never stop being helpless. I will always need you. That's why I keep bringing these concerns to you. That's why I keep praying about these struggles of my life. Because I realize that without you, I've lost it. In Colossians, Paul says to them, devote yourselves to prayer. Keep praying. Being watchful, thankful. Devote yourselves to this. Keep bringing these things before the Father. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples are out in the boat. And a storm comes up. Jesus is tired. He's sleeping. The disciples are freaking out. And Jesus, they awaken Jesus and he calms the storm. And it's, it's, it's intriguing that in this passage, in sort of in the, a twist of it, in, in Mark 4, Jesus is sleeping. The disciples are not praying. They're just freaking out. In this story, Jesus is praying in the depths of his being and the disciples are sleeping. They can't figure out the, how they've gotten this turned around. And in this moment, when they should be praying and they should be, should be recognizing how susceptible they are, they're sleeping. And the fact that they aren't praying is a sign that they don't realize how serious the circumstances are. They don't realize how susceptible they are to the enemy's attack. And as we read on, we see that they all fail. And here in this moment of the battle, when everything is won lost, Jesus prays. And he keeps praying. And you think about the things in your life where you're struggling to overcome, struggling to to do what you know is the right thing to do. 
And it's more and more a a battle and an issue. And you want to say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to stop this. There's just no way. That's the very moment when we need to keep praying. And keep recognizing, yes, I'm helpless, but he's not. And we keep bringing it back to him over and over again. And he never tires of hearing from us. Never tires of us saying to him how much we need him. It's a part of this prayer of repetition. As we keep bringing these things to God, what ends up happening is our hearts in the struggle get more and more in tune with God's heart. And the, and the prayer of repetition, the prayer of, of continually bringing things to God, of repeating the prayers over and over again, the struggles of our souls and our hearts, in the struggle, we have time to settle things with God. I think that's a lot of what's going on here with Jesus. I mean, we, part of me, you know, when I read this, you want to say, why does he need an hour to settle this? I mean, this is Jesus. Jesus should be able to just say, Okay, Father, can, can we do this a different way? Can we, can we redeem the world by, doing, by some other plan? No? Okay, we're good. Let's go. I mean, you'd think that's the sign of a really spiritual person. And no one would be more spiritual than Jesus. And yet here is Jesus for an hour struggling with this one question, this one prayer. And often in the struggles that we're facing, in the things that God is asking of us, in the, in the difficulties of our lives, especially the moments of surrender and relinquishment that we talked about last week, in those moments particularly, we need time to come to the place God wants us to come to. And praying the prayer over and over again gives us that time. I think sometimes we're afraid of struggling. And we think that if we struggle to say yes to God, there's something wrong with us. If we struggle to, to surrender to God, then, then something must be askew in our, in our hearts. I think it's just being human. I think it's just this, the battle of as human beings who wrestle with our sinful human natures, it takes us time To get to the place God wants us to be. And rather than lamenting that. And rather than thinking there's something wrong with us. Just engage the struggle. And it's not a struggle that we're hoping gets to the point where we don't have to do it. But it's a struggle that gets us to the point where we do what God wants us to do. But the struggle is part of maturing. The struggle is part of getting us where he wants us to be. Richard Foster talks about how this is what happens just in prayer in general as we learn to pray. We start out like little children. And as little children, you know, we beg, sometimes we pout, sometimes we whine. You know, we we go through all those same kinds of things that little children do when their parents tell them no or are trying to help them and teach them. And that's okay. It's It's part of the struggle. It's part of the journey. And if we skip that part of the journey, if we skip that stage, we actually probably end up less healthy than if we engage in it. One of my fears for us sometimes as the church and the expectations that we put on each other is that we acquiesce far too quickly. Now, it's always good to surrender to God as soon as we can. But I think often we're living in denial. We say yes to God, but the reality is our hearts aren't really saying yes to God. We're just saying what we think God and other people want to hear. But the struggle is still going on inside of us. And instead of acknowledging it and being honest about it, we put up this facade And that doesn't help us, it hurts us. 
I mentioned a few weeks ago about when I was young and people would come to the altar and pray. And, and people would gather around them and they would, they would pray. And when they finished praying, the pastor or one of the people would say, you know, do you feel like you've settled this issue with God? And if the answer was yes, then it was, we celebrated together. But if the answer was no, the next thing was, well, then let's keep praying. And I've seen times where people have that same conversation of have you settled it or not three, four, five times or more. And sometimes it took long, long time to settle it. And, it, and, and getting to the place where they settled it is, you know, people talked about that as praying through. It's coming to the place where we have, we have with our minds and our hearts and our being said, I truly, as the to best that I know, have surrendered this to God. And it's hard. You think about how we learn. If something is important to you, you will stick with it until you get it. If it's not all that important to you, then you sort of look at it on the surface, think, yeah, that's close enough, and move on. It depends on what your goal is. When you're reading something, if you're reading something that you don't really understand, that's new to you, that's a a concept that doesn't just come easily to you, you can either just read the words and pretend that you understand it, And then face the consequences when the exam comes. Or you can take your time and read it and read it and reread it and read it again until eventually the light comes on. And you get it. And the prayer of repetition is helping us stick with it. Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep knocking. That's what we are trying. Because the goal is not how fast can we get through this. The goal is how can I connect with God most effectively. Surrender and relinquish what God wants from me. I mean, ultimately, this prayer of, of repetition is taking us to our ultimate goal, and that is building our relationship with God. When we pray, we're asking God to do things that we want him to do, and we keep asking, and we're, we're hoping that God does that. But ultimately, we believe that God knows better than we do, and that God is always working for our best interests, always doing what is good for us, And the prayer of repetition is leading us to the place where we spend so much time with God that we come to see him for who he is. And instead of looking at God as the dispenser of blessings, instead of thinking about God as the one who just gives us what we want, as we keep repeating our prayers, as we keep coming to God over and over and over again, we begin to build relationship with God. And our prayers become more than just trying to get from God what we want, but they become the means to understanding who God is. The depth of his nature and his character and his love for us. We come to understand him in new ways about that he is Abba, Father. And you can't do that. You can't build a relationship like that without taking time. I I sometimes wonder if these are one of the reasons God doesn't just answer our prayers like this all the time. Because we would then see him as this sort of vending machine that we put our money in and he gives us what we want. Instead of the God who calls us to relationship with him. I'm listening to that dad, 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 dad. I'm thinking that is so perfect. That's exactly it, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to get to. Dad, dad. You know, this Abba Father. We're just calling out to him. And the whole point of this is that we come to the place where we trust him and we believe in him enough 
And we rest in him. That whatever answer we get is okay. Because in the end, we get to spend time with God. And we get to know who God is. And we get to experience his, his fullness. And we emerge from prayer different people. Because we've been with God. Years ago, I read about uh, a guy who uh, just graduated from college, didn't have any money. He didn't have any family except for a sister who lived on the other side of the country. This is probably 40, 50 years ago. And uh, he was in dire straits and needed some cash. And so he wrote to his sister. She was older and well-established. And he said, wondering if he could borrow $500 from her. And he would pay it back like $50 a month. And she said, sure, she'd be glad to do that. So she sent him a check for $500. And when the first month was up, he wrote a check for 50 back to her and wrote a little note in there about his life and, you know, a little greeting and sent it to her. And the next month, he wrote his $50 check and he wrote another note about what was happening in his life and he sent it to her. And she write back to him. And the third month, same thing, $50 check. A little note, letter about what was happening and things about him. When he got to the last payment, he put it and wrote the check and he said, thanked her and everything and sent it off to her. And about a week or so later, he got a letter back from her and he opened it up and inside was another check for $500. And she said... I want to loan you another $500 as long as we can keep the same arrangement. That you pay me back $50 at a time and stick in a little note about what's happening in your life. The money was simply the avenue to building the relationship. And that's not everything about prayer by any means. It's one slice of it. But there is something about that in prayer that we keep coming to God over and over and over again as a tool to know God and to be known by God and to experience him in ways that we simply won't put ourselves in a position to experience if we don't keep coming to him over and over again. And ultimately, we come to the place where God is not just the dispenser of blessings. We come to the place of of so much trust in God and resting in God that even if everything is taken away, we have spent so much time with him. We've understood so much more of who he is that even if all of it disappears and all we have left is God, that's enough. That kind of mindset, that kind of of relationship doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And it takes energy. And it takes a willingness to keep asking and keep knocking, keep seeking. It takes... The prayer of repetition. I suspect that there are things that you are wrestling with this morning. Maybe it's something of prayer that you've been praying about for a while and you're just wondering, is it time to give up and stop? Maybe it's a temptation, a struggle that you keep coming to God and you feel embarrassed about coming to him again. Maybe it's something you need to surrender. And you've just sort of been glossing over the struggle. Maybe it's just simply realizing that you need more time with God to really get a sense Deep in your soul of who he is. That he's enough. We're going to take just a few moments of silence. And I want to encourage you.
whatever, the, whatever prayer best fits your circumstance this morning, to engage in that prayer. To come to God again for the second time, the 50th time, the thousandth time. And to know that he is pleased to hear your prayers. Father, thank you that you never tire of hearing our prayers. Even the prayers that we repeat again and again. Father, do something in our hearts this morning about the things that are important to us, about the the struggle of surrender about our hearts being aligned with yours about believing that you are enough. Father, as we pray, give us grace to trust you, to rest in you, to hear your call to come every moment, every day, again and again and again through the grace of Jesus. Amen. Please stand and join us as we sing. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out Satisfies my heart, satisfies my deepest longing. 
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.